0: Welcome back to the Doubleheader Podcast. Uh, it's a podcast about OSU baseball and softball. I'm Ian Nickel. Joining me, as always, the legendary trio: Sam Hutchins, Ben Hutchins, and Brody Myers, gentlemen. How are y'all doing tonight? One Wonder-
1: much better with that introduction. I mean, I mean, how, how could I not? How could that not just boost my day? Long day. Here, here at work in Guthrie, and I get that legendary introduction, being called legendary myself.
2: That brings a smile on my face. It takes a legend to know a legend.
0: Yes, we are all legends. It's positive vibes only here. Kenny <laughs> is a legend. Sorry. Josh Holiday's a legend. It's all love here on the Doubleheader podcast. So it's tournament time in baseball now. We – it's weird because the in-between like the softball tournament and then like baseball kind of winding down, we're focusing all of our attention to softball. But now that this tournament is starting, we got to reel ourselves back in. And of course, we're going to talk softball in, you know, a couple minutes, but conference tournament, a lot is riding on this. Well, yeah, a lot is riding on this for OSU, despite the fact that, you know, they are not hosting a regional there's still a good chance that they could get a favorable regional, and that they could sneak under the rug, and you know shock shock a couple teams. So they they first start they start their conference tournament play with the in-state rival Oklahoma. That's on Wednesday at 7:30 on ESPN Plus. It's gonna get intense. It's gonna get rowdy. Uh, look, just take a, take me through it. Take me through it, Ben.
1: Yeah, Ian, I think you, you teed it up perfectly. This conference tournament, it is important. And, you know, O'Brien stadium, we're not going to see a regional hosted Uh, in there this season. The Cowboys didn't make the cut, but the reason this conference tournament is important is because the Cowboys, you know, their regional, like they haven't, it's not determined where they're going to go. And, um, uh, D1 baseball today they published their projections for the 64 team field, and guys Oklahoma State was in the Fayetteville region going to Arkansas. That's not good for Oklahoma State. So um, in that projection, OSU was a two was on the two line, um, but it, you know it, to put it blankly, you don't want to be going to Fayetteville for your regional. Um, so it's really important for the Cowboys to get off to you know a good start in this tournament to win a couple games to show, you know, maybe they're one of the top two, they're, they're maybe one of the top tier two teams. Um, and maybe it'll improve their chances of making a deep run in the NCAA tournament because they don't have to go to a place like Fayetteville. Um, yeah, Ian, you, you're about to get into it. First game, uh, 7.30 start. I say 7.30 with an asterisk. Brody, he knows what he's doing. Uh, that, those games don't tend to start at 7.30.
2: Well, if I could have a personal point of order about Fayetteville and the baseball stadium over there. I was there a couple of years ago for the golf tournament, which is currently going on in Arizona. Cowgirls are going to match play, by the way. But So there's this Mexican restaurant across the street from the, from the Arkansas Baseball Stadium. And it's on the second level of this building. You have to take an elevator to get up to the dining room. Well, being the Stillwater, uh, Stillwegian that I am... I'm accustomed to Mexico Joe's where they give you tortillas like they give you bread and butter at a lot of other places. So I'm here at this restaurant overlooking the baseball stadium, and the waitress comes by and says, "Uh, what would you guys like to get started? like, do you guys serve tortillas? And she looked at me and said, yeah. You know, of course they serve tortillas. They give them on tacos. She had no idea the concept of just giving them out as bread and butter. So uh, (laughs) I had a little bit of a stillwegian. Uh, I guess redneck embarrassment out in Fayetteville, right by the baseball stadiums. So that is the bomb stadium memory of mine. But well, I, bro, I didn't you like know,
1: the food. I was gonna say, you know, you're in the right spot when you go to the, you know, get some Mexican food, and you have to go up an elevator. Like, like that's a great sign in terms of food. Yes, it is. <laughs> when you change levels, when you go up or down a story, <laughs> it's gonna be good. So yeah. Cowboys. They start at seven thirty on Wednesday um, inside Chickasaw Bricktown Ballpark against OU. Which, guys, it's really interesting. Coach Holiday told us after the last Bedlam game in Tulsa that that five is enough. He said, "Look, you know, we have, we've already played five Bedlams. Like that's a lot." And he and he told us he's not going to be signing up for any additional Bedlam games in the future. Well, he didn't sign up for this one. This one got handed to him, and it's going to be really interesting to see. You know, how ready these teams are to play each other again, how ready these fan bases are to go at it again. It's going to be a close game from all, you know, what I'm guessing, a four seed in the tournament OSU and a five seed in the tournament OU. So it should be a good game. Um, it'll be interesting to see how these teams go up against each other for a sixth time. That's, that's crazy. Six times in a season. Uh,
2: if OSU is getting set to the one seed, I'm sure the selection committee will send OU to the 16 seed. And if they both make it out of the regional, it's going to be bedlam supers for bedlam round seven, eight, and possibly nine.
1: I mean, I mean that, thats good. to play a team six times in a season, like, like that, like that's. I mean, I mean, it's Coach Hall said, like, you know, it, it's just the energy's not there. He's like, bedlam needs bedlam needs to be special, and uh, kind of odd to see a team for the sixth time. I, I can't imagine was well, not the phrasing he used, we need to keep Bedlam sacred? And I think, you know, both sides and, and the fan bases too, It's you can kind of imagine, you know, uh, one game, one series a year is great, but really anything beyond that. And you kind of, uh, you know, like anything, you can water down the product uh, the product of, of the field you see, and, you know, the teams can get too used to each other. Uh, so, yeah, you know, maybe I'm having a little uh, old man yells at the sky moment but yeah, I would like to see, you know, I would like to see where you only play three games a year against OU because those three games are the absolute peak. And I'm sure the the uh, folks in in Norman would like to see three games against OSU a year too, because while in the moment you can roar yourself and say, Oh yeah, another bedlam game is great, it kind of deteriorates from the the product of the future, in my opinion, a little bit. So it's a tough line you have to balance with scheduling and maybe revenue and you know, teams want to play opportunities versus are, are you cutting into your uh, your bedlam your bedlam joy down the road? And Sam, before we head over to uh, to your lane and softball, um, in terms of how far I think the Cowboys can go in this Big Twelve tournament, I think it's going to be really difficult for them to win it because you play you know you could be playing for them five games in five days, and that's really difficult for a team. Um, who's just been racked in injuries with the arms. Uh, Coach Holly said he's really hopeful to get some of those guys back, although he hasn't really been specific with any of them. From what I've been hearing, um, Brett Stanley and Parker Scott are closer to coming back than the other two guys, Robleski and uh, Nolan McLean. So we'll see if maybe Coach Holiday King should be so valuable to add another arm for, you know, a boom, 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 boom games, you know, potentially. Um, It's double elimination. I fully expect the Cowboys to at least win one game, probably the game um, Justin Campbell pitches. But yeah, I don't think the Cowboys will win it. I don't think the Cowboys will get bounced in two quick ones. Um, It'll be really dependent on how well the arms go and if they get any of those injured guys back.
2: Rex Holt on his morning talk show has been on record for a while now saying that Parker Scott and Brett Stanley are going to be back for postseason definitively. But in a couple of shows, I don't know if this is just rumor or if he's pretty confident in this. He said that Robleski may not come back just because he chooses not to. He may be ready to move on from college baseball.
1: And Brody, I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, Robo has been outstanding. Um, Kind of. You know, interesting there because he's a really young player, but still, um, he he certainly has the stuff. <laughs> That's not the issue.
2: I met Justin Riberblas's oh, dad at a game. All right, guys, come on. Season. I
1: know, we, I, I I know, we, I know we don't like each other. Go, go ahead, brody. Sorry.
2: I uh I met Robleski's dad at a game earlier in the season, and he's an uh, he was an Iowa State swimmer. So there is your Justin Robleski trivia for this doubleheader pod.
1: Brody, <laughs> I mean, whose dad haven't you met on the baseball and softball? I know Sam <laughs> was telling me in in left field, you got pretty much the entire parents. Uh, I mean, come on, man, that's awesome. That you like, I feel like you get to learn a lot about the kids out there if you meet their parents.
2: So I think it's really yeah. cool. If you want to point some dads out on the Cowgirl Corral, I can tell Sidney Pennington's dad sits close to the foul pole. Allison Feebree's dad sits about three-fourths of the way closer to the batter's eye. Uh, I, I got it. I got the scouting report. Just let me know. Those are my services.
1: <laughs> and and I know Sam, he mentioned uh, to me that Sidney Pennington's dad ended up with her um, record-setting home run ball. So that was pretty cool to see uh, that that ball made its way over there. Yeah.
0: Real quick, before we get into the softball talk, which uh, Carlos, uh, or not, it's Christian uh, Encarnacion. He was named Big 12 uh, Newcomer of the Year, so congrats to him. And then finally, I'll ask you guys this real quick. Who do you guys think will win the Big 12 Conference Tournament in baseball?
1: I would say Texas has a good shot, being that they're the one seed. Um, that first game, you know, Wichita, or, which I'll state: West Virginia and KU will be coming off of a game. I, I see, I see Texas as definitely one of the teams to win it, and also TCU. I think um, TCU has been really good against some of those top teams in the Big Twelve, specifically against Oklahoma State. So uh, there's nothing TCU has shown me that says, "Hey, we're not capable of winning this thing." I think those would be the teams I throw out.
2: I'm going to say TCU because I think they have the most to play for out of the teams that really can win it. To win the Big 12 baseball tournament, you've got to have pitching as deep as the sea. And Texas has that, but do they want to waste it for a trophy that's going to prove largely meaningless in the long run? I don't think so. I don't think they're going to roll their ace out there twice just to win the Big 12 tournament. And that's something I think you kind of have to do to win the Big 12 tournament. So, uh, I'm going to go with the Frogs and Jim Tangle, who might be headed out the door, rumor has it. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Guys, I'm curious. Oh, sorry, Brody, you're the one. (laughs) I I didn't have any juicy rumors on the loose, so you go ahead. (laughs) With the Texas A&M job opening, so Texas A&M baseball has been to the postseason 13 out of the last 14 years. That one year they missed it with this year, and they let their coach go. So now uh, it is reported that Jim Schlossnagel is the top target. And this morning, Tim Tadlock at Texas Tech just signed a lifetime contract. I got as close to the mic as I could for that. And uh, Texas Tech has some PTSD with coaches leaving. So I'm sure as soon as Kirby (laughs) Hocutt heard that news, he rushed into his office and said, get the lawyers on the phone now. Guys, correct
1: me if I'm Uh, wrong. Lifetime is, uh, that's a long time, right? Life to, it's, it's a decent
0: amount
1: of time. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, that, Bertie, that, that definitely warrants getting closer to the mic. I
0: will say you mentioned Texas Tech. You also mentioned Tortillas earlier in the show, but I, I'm going to go with Texas Tech here. Uh They beat Texas at Texas two of the three times, and they beat TCU two of the three times in their series. I just think that that – That's going to be the team that gets out of there because they beat they beat them more times than than not. I'd like to say I'm
1: picking anyone. uh, I'd like to say I'm picking a team other than Texas or uh, TCU. Kind of in those, uh, I I believe TCU is the is the two, if I'm correct. Um, And I'm not necessarily sure how chalky the the Big Twelve tournament normally goes in baseball up in Bricktown. Um, but, but I would anticipate that unless you see um, a, a run from a team like, you know, I guess the two that you throw out is you're always hearing how Oklahoma is so dangerous with their offense uh, being capable of exploding at any point. And then Oklahoma State, if they can get those arms back, they could be a team that might have talent that's better than the seed they have. But, you know, uh, I, I don't necessarily feel a run coming on from either of those teams that maybe could uh, knock off the the one or the two seed there in Bricktown, even with the, the kind of uh, home traveling advantage a little bit of uh, playing in-state, you know, o- Oklahoma State. We'll see about those arms. Uh, if, if Rex if Rex Holt knows something, then uh, who am I to doubt that? But uh, I, I think as from, from the information I, I uh, am gathering right now, I, I would assume it goes to either Texas or TCU there.
2: And even if Parker Scott and Brett Stanley are back, it's not like they're going to pitch nine innings.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. So, I, I'd because... say, I, I mean, I'd say like Houston Morrill, like he's been pitching. Um, it, it's just crazy how how you know taxed and you know ready for arms. Like Josh Holden has done everything he can to get his arms ready for this postseason. And I think you know whatever master plan him and Coach Walton, who makes primarily these pitching decisions, has, it's going to be what the Cowboys are going to have to roll with for the entirety of the postseason. So yeah. It's going to be interesting to see who can pitch what innings and who can, you know, come back. Uh, But, yeah, it's going to be something to watch. There was certainly a reason that the Oklahoma State-New Orleans game was canceled, and I don't think rain was the very top reason. I think it was uh, both pitching staffs being a little tired and gearing toward the postseason. So, yeah, uh,
0: for sure. So softball, uh, they had a very quick and easy – regional, beat Campbell, 10-0, beat Mississippi State, 9-3, to and then beat Mississippi State again, 10-2. to Two of those games were only, play, only played five innings. So we mentioned in last week's podcast that the, the team that would beat Oklahoma State would be themselves, and they, they showed up and they showed out uh, this past weekend in Stillwater.
2: Yeah, they did. Uh, two run, roll wins, almost a third. The bats really lit up. The pitching was electric. Um, Kenny Gajewski said in his press conference, OSU always plays their best softball at the end of the year, which is exactly when he wants it to happen, and that's what they're doing. Uh, yes, it was Mississippi State, who's a few games above 500. Yes, it was Campbell, but uh, Oklahoma State still came out there. They got off the bus. They played the game just as if it was a Super Bowl and played really well. No matter how you, you know no matter who you're playing, that's really hard to do. And I do want to take a personal point of order. I want to shout out Isaac Ray, the SID for Campbell Softball, my new best friend. We met in the press, press box. He's the best. He's moving on to Florida State. So go follow Florida State Athletics on Twitter. You're going to get some great stuff from Isaac. Well, that's probably uh that's great to hear. Um, it's always
1: relationships in the press block can be like no other at points. And I assume, uh, you, you know, especially at that game, when you, Isaac who'd been watching his team all year long, Brody, who'd been watching your Cowgirl team all year long, we all kind of knew maybe what was coming a little bit. Uh, so to have that, uh, I felt like, I, I don't know, this might be weird to say for a 10-0 run rule game that was so quick, but it almost felt like there was some mutual respect out there between Campbell and Oklahoma State. Because just like Oklahoma State came out and was locked in and prepared like Campbell like they would prepare for a College World Series game, uh, y- you know, uh, Campbell had to get off that bus, too, and play. And uh, I'm sure that they were excited to do that in their postseason. But to see both teams, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a game where, obviously, Campbell's season ended, and most people thought it would. But uh, it, it's not necessarily a game that either team will look back on with uh, too much regret, even though it was a 10-0 game. So... I thought it was really the whole weekend. It it went chalk. It, it went as expected. Uh, but but there were some admirable performances from you know both teams. Mississippi State, for instance, they they uh jumped out on Oklahoma State early, a couple games, and you know scored in almost every inning of the game where they were run to in their season. But I, I thought it was an interesting weekend.
2: Well, I'll tell you where the tune is going to change, and that is when the Texas Longhorns come to town for the Super Regional. Uh, oh, the famous Mike, the famous Mike Boynton quote. It's personal. We don't like them. Uh, that's going to be the case for the Super Regional. In, in Oklahoma City, there was a nearly a brawl. Uh, Mary Iacopo and the Cowgirl fans have got a little bit of a rivalry going on. Mike White is not everyone's favorite at Cowgirl Stadium. It is going to be hot at the ballpark this weekend. I'll tell you
1: guys, uh, I was I was doing a little research. Um, as, my, as my friend Brody Myers found out, I was doing a little research for a story on the outfield decks in left field over this weekend. And I spent a couple innings out there uh, in the thick of things with with the with the folks out there who were, uh, you know, um, really giving it to Campbell and Mississippi State. And it, it was tasteful and and uh, quite enjoyable to be out there. But uh, as I was walking away from the stadium, I saw a couple of them, you know, packing their coolers and their ice chests into their trucks and things like that and heading off. And one of the fans made a point to come over and tell me. A guy had met up there and shook his hand. Uh, he he came over and made a point to tell me if you thought this was crazy, he said, "Wait until next weekend," and uh, <laughs> I believe him, guys. Uh, I know that personally out there, the decks don't like Mike White too much, and I don't think Mike White likes the fans out in left field too much either. Uh, from from what I can, from what I've heard of uh, their reputation, and uh, j- just like Brody said, you know the the border state rivalry. Uh, it'll be an interesting series.
2: Ian, how much? Was was there was there not, or was there almost a fistfight in the Big 12 tournament, even in the stands?
0: Oh, man. Uh, I forget his name, but there was one dude that was jawing with the catcher, number 33. I don't remember her name. Iacopo, yes. Uh, they were jawing at each other. And then in the midst of the skirmish in, I think, the bottom of the seventh or the bottom of the eighth, Texas and OSU fans were jawing at each other, so it's it's going to be a very intense weekend, and I think both fan bases will be happy when this series is over. Um, but in the meantime, exactly. Texas Texas had a heck of a super regional because of rain. They their their first uh, uh, kind of game, uh, their first game on Sunday was moved to seven thirty. And then they lost two to three in eight innings, forcing the NCAA to decide, all right, do we want them to play tomorrow or at eleven fifteen? They went with eleven fifteen. I think I, I watched the last of it, or I had it on, on my laptop. I think Brody watched all of it as well. A zero to one victory for Texas. So now after that eventful night, probably a day of rest, I'm assuming, because that, the, there's probably some players sleeping in until 12 after that game, but now they head to Stillwater for Friday's game on my favorite network, ESPN2 at 4 o'clock on Friday. On Saturday, they play at 3 at ESPN, on ESPN, big, big ESPN. And then on Sunday, if necessary, they'll play at 5 o'clock on U. So – What are we looking forward to in that series before we go around the horn with the rest of the uh, Super Regionals?
2: Let me first pose this question. The official NCAA rule is there has to be 45 minutes in between games and they can start no longer than 11 p.m. The Texas game got about 20 minutes of rest and started at 11.15. Raise your hand if you're surprised that the NCAA changed the rules for Texas. And, oh, okay, Sam is Ben is surprised. To, to
1: change NCAA rules, I mean, Oklahoma State fans will tell you, you know, with the basketball saga, they know that how much of a stickler and how much time these rules can take to change. I was shocked that they changed, even for the Longhorns.
2: Okay, you're, you're taking a more noble stance than I am. I, I was oh, no a yeah. little more cynical. I, I
0: was about to say, I, I'm i not really surprised because I feel like they would have done that in any situation. Not just because it was Texas, but I think they just wanted to get the games done and they didn't want to have to come back with rain in the forecast later on for for Monday. So I think they would have done that in any situation, really. So I don't think it was like in spite of Texas. I think it was just a this is probably going to be the best time we have to play this game. And so they did.
1: And I was. I was curious about that. I remember uh, I was listening to the Oregon radio broadcast. Shout out those announcers. I thought they did a good job um, for, for the ending of that game there. And that was one thing I wondered is, you know, surely if you're Oregon and it is technically against NCAA rules, uh, or do you walk off the field and say, hey, we'll be back tomorrow, but we're not playing tonight? Was it mutually agreed on to, hey, you know, Oregon saying, we just beat this team on this field. Let's do it again and uh, escape. Did both teams want that? I'm curious well, uh, if it was agreed upon or if it was mandated.
2: Every regional has what's called a site rep. Shout out Alex Parker, Stillwater site rep this uh, weekend. That comes from a totally different place. The, the Alex was from Michigan and came all the way to Stillwater for this tournament. And they're pretty much the judge, jury, and the executioner. Uh, you know, they, as a courtesy, they'll let the coaches in. But at the end of the day, the decisions for the tournament are up to them. So whoever that yeah. was is the person that made that call.
1: Tough spot to be sent in with the uh, Stillwater storm season for, uh, for Alex to, to have to be in, in the Stillwater. But rain held off for the most part this weekend for him. Uh, he so he got lucky. I'm sure he was pleased about that. Yeah.
2: He got to enjoy his free hotel room and his per diem and watch a little good softball with little to no big decisions to be made. Guys, one thing I wanted to ask you about is how
1: about softball on ABC? I, I know it's mm. Sooners, but how about that? I think that's pretty cool for you know uh, you know regional softball game uh, to be on national television like that. Totally agree. I, I was listening to the radio, and uh, they do the the folks on local radio as I make my commute so everything every day now. They do a fair amount of talking about uh, Cowgirl and Sooner softball. I will give it to the guys uh, on 107.7, I guess, and, you know, a little bit 98.1 too. Everyone is doing quite, quite a lot of talking about softball. And that's one thing they're discussing is, you know, this might be, it was at least in the, in one of the guys, and I wish I could remember who I was listening to uh, was saying that this was the first time that he can remember softball being on ABC or any major network, not on, you know, uh, the ESPN family, which is broadcast so many, but to get on ABC they have surely NBA basketball that they could schedule and uh, show them for the playoffs. But to, to choose softball, um, that's quite a statement, I think. And it must be getting good ratings to to have that type of reach.
2: Rapid fire final question, Ian.
0: Well, no, I was about to add some to the ABC thing. I mean, it's a heck of a matchup. OU versus Washington and Sis Bates, who she was a star uh, the past couple of Women's College World Series. I mean, this is – fantastic for softball which i mean i think they had a million viewers last year and it's just increasing and increasing for college world series finals and softball in general more people are uh, diving into the sport uh especially at the college level and hopefully we could see a a potential um softball professional league that comes out of out of all this one that gets a lot of exposure so uh i guess i'll leave this with the final question um besides Oklahoma state series, who, who is in, or not who's, who's impressive, but who's the team you see coming out of this super regional weekend. The that Dukes may not James be a Madison. shocker. I I was about to say the same thing. I like what James Alexander. Madison's doing. Uh, yes. Pretty
2: close to the world series a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it's looking like they're get pretty close, if not there this time, and I'm rooting for them. Guys, this isn't going to be a hot take, but I think it needs to be stated because for, to
1: see that, to see the, the Norman regional, where you had OU, you had two very good teams get invited to Norman in Wichita State and Washington. And uh, many across the college softball landscape were saying that both those teams got hosed a little bit, and neither of them got uh, deserved to be sent to Norman, where uh, a lot of seasons go to die this time of year. So I think that, you know, and obviously it's not a hot take. They're, they're the number one team in the nation for a reason. But OU to, to have a regional where they were tested and they were tested they they was close games but uh, for them to emerge unscathed from that regional where there were some quality teams uh, Wichita State taking two out of three from Oklahoma State um, Washington having such a great season but getting stuck with that uh, with that seed uh, I was very I was very impressed with what OU did this weekend. I'm going to go with Sam. I think the path is going to be one of the more difficult paths for the reasons you just laid out. But I think the Sooners are well prepared to handle uh, those difficult paths. I I need to correct myself. Washington, they they were the other six. They they were a 16 host. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Well, anyway, I think the Sooners will be ready to roll for ABC. I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch. And I do not think Patty Gastow is going to let down the entire nation watching on ABC. I'm trying to figure out who I got that confused with, um, because was it, Brody? You might know off the top of your head. Uh, OU went through Wichita State and Oregon State and uh, Texas A&M. Oh, it was A and M. That's right. That's right. And now they're slated to play. Uh, the the reason Washington got hosed is yeah, because they they got slated to play them in the supers. Um, if it went chalk there, so yeah, I apologize for that. I got that confused with uh, their next level opponent.
0: No, it, it, it's all good. I think a team that I think is going to make a surprise. I think i I think Arizona is going to beat Arkansas. I have no. I just I feel like there's need some be some Pac-12 representation other than uh, UCLA, and I. I mean, I liked what I saw out of Arizona this past weekend. So I think I'm going to go with them. They got a high powered offense and uh, yeah, I think they're going to do pretty well. So I, anybody have anything else to add? I got nothing. And that should wrap up today's podcast. It was a very crazy one, uh, but it's always fun. uh, Nonetheless, thank you guys for listening. Uh, throughout uh, the season as we continue on. And, uh, and yeah, I think that's it, guys. Uh, Have a good one. Go Pokes.